Yo, today's QOD is, is what I'm about to do in keeping with my sense of purpose, value, and meaning or not? Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. We got a brand new speaker on the show today. His name is Daniel Goldman, author of the best-selling book, Emotional Intelligence. And today, he's going to talk about some other factors. And what I mean by that is there's this misconception that in order to be successful, you have to have a high IQ. But that's not the truth. Actually, IQ is only 20% of it. So what's the other percent? So Daniel's going to talk about some of that other 80%, such as your emotional intelligence and your self-awareness. And he's going to tell a story of a certain movie producer and director and how he used self-awareness to change the movie game forever. Here's Daniel. So when I was um, a graduate student, my professor at Harvard, David McClellan, wrote an article that was very controversial. He said, if you want to hire the best person for a job, any job, in any organization, don't look at their IQ, don't look at their GPA, don't look at their personality profile. Look at people in your own organization who hold the role you're hiring for. Identify the top 10% by whatever metric makes sense for that job. Compare them systematically to people who are only average in that role and determine the competencies or ability set that you find in the stars that you don't find in the average. That's now called competence modeling, and it's done by uh, world-class organizations pretty much worldwide. And what's interesting about competence model, at least what interests me, is if you aggregate many different models, and they're all independently derived, they're proprietary, actually, because a company or organization wants to know for competitive reasons, what should we look for in our hires? What should we promote for? What should we develop in people? And they want to hold that closely, but I aggregated one or 200 models after I wrote Emotional Intelligence, the follow-up book. And I only looked at uh, two dimensions in the competence models. One was if you look at the distinguishing competencies, not the entry-level competencies, but distinguishing, the ones that mark the stars, and you separate them in terms of purely cognitive abilities, like IQ or technical skill, and on the other side of the ledger, you have emotional intelligence, which is how we manage ourselves and how we manage our relationships. It turns out that for leadership, about 80 to 90 percent of the competencies independently identified are on the emotional intelligence side. Well, that makes sense because leadership is not about being the smartest person in the room. It's about helping other people be as smart as they can, which is a people skill. And so emotional intelligence has four parts, self-awareness, self-management, empathy, and social skill. And when I looked at that through the lens of attention, I realized that the uh, first and third components, self-awareness and empathy, are varieties of attention. 
And social skill actually is a combination of how we manage ourselves and what we read in the other person. So managing ourselves turns out to be based on how aware we are of ourselves. So I, I revised the model. I'll walk you through some of that um, in looking at, well, I'm going to actually, I'm going to share with you this article that is coming out next week in the Harvard Business Review. So you don't have to buy it because you heard, you got the Reader's Digest version already, okay? So <laughs> the, the first ability, a set of abilities, inner focus, I call it, which is being aware of what's going on inside you. And that's exactly what you're teaching in Meng, uh, in Search Inside Yourself. You're teaching self-awareness. And by the way, I see every variety of meditation, including mindfulness, as a retraining of attention. If you strip away the belief system of any meditation from any tradition in the world, you find a, an attentional mechanism is being strengthened. W would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, for self-awareness, self-awareness is really important in, in many rather surprising areas of life, I think. I have a friend, um, I grew up in the Central Valley of California, in, in the, the horrible Midwest of California. Don't stop there, just keep going to Lake Tahoe, really. <laughs> and um, there was a guy who lived down the road in the next town who I got to know pretty well. He was a really bad student. He almost flunked out of high school. He managed to go to a community college, found his way to a film course, he loved, loved film, so he got into a film school, did pretty well, did a student film that caught the attention of a director, got hired by the director. The director liked his work so much that he let him direct a film. He did so well with that that they let him, a studio actually backed him to direct a script that he had written before when he was uh, much younger. That one did so well uh, that a studio wanted to back him to do another script, but he hated the fact that the studio had final cut. That meant he considered himself a creative artist, and, if, and he hated what they did in the final edit. So he said, no way am I gonna take that money. I'm gonna use the money that I got from the film, finance it myself. Everyone he knew in Hollywood said, you are crazy. You do not risk your own money on a film. Did it anyway, ran out of money. Only the 11th bank he went to gave him the money to finish. You have seen that film, Star Wars. George Lucas is someone who considers himself and considered himself first an artist. The fact that he stumbled into Lucasfilm was an accident of his living by his values and one of the strengths of good self-awareness is that it helps us answer the question, is what I'm about to do in keeping with my sense of purpose, value, and meaning or not? And the way it does it is by tuning us into subtle signals that come from the bottom-up part of the brain, which is involuntary, automatic, and out of awareness for the most part, which also holds much more information than the top-down. and parts of that brain as we go through life extract decision rules. When I did that, that worked pretty well. When I said that, that bombed. And when we face a decision point, it summates that information for us and presents its advice. Problem. It has no direct circuitry to the part of the brain that thinks in words. 
it has extensive circuitry to the gastrointestinal tract. The, the, you get a gut feeling. Feels right or it doesn't feel right. Then we put it in words after we get the gut feeling. So George, I assume, had a very strong gut feeling. I just can't do it that way. This is an ethical rudder for us. That was Daniel Goleman. His website is danielgoleman.info. You can watch today's talk on YouTube. It is called Focus, the hidden driver of excellence. Daniel Goleman talks at Google. Hey, tomorrow is your very, very last day to get signed up for the QOD Book Club tomorrow night, 5 o'clock Pacific time, 8 o'clock Eastern time. We start discussing the introductory chapter as well as chapter one of How We Change by Ross Ellenhorn. Get signed up today for only $7 at QODBookClub.com. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.